This is Dr. Benny Tate, and you're listening to the Leeds Club Podcast, all about leadership, personal growth, and encouraging you in your walk with God. Our goal is simple, to help you lead like you never have before in your church, business, home, or whatever platform God has given you. Our next Lead Club session begins now. Greetings. This is Pastor Benny Tate, and I want to take this opportunity to welcome you to the Leeds Club. Now, when I say the Leeds Club, let me explain. Leeds simply stands for loving, evangelism, assimilating, discipling, and serving. This is a club that the whole foundation of this club is to help pastors, Christian workers, and churches literally get to the next level. It's just a resource to come alongside churches and help them to become everything that God would want them to be. Now let me talk to you about how this club originated. Just a few weeks ago, I was in Dallas. I was preaching at Keystone Church with pastors Ken Griffiths and Kenny Martin. It was a wonderful experience. That's a wonderful church. But while I was there, I wanted to maximize the experience. So I wanted to have some learning sessions while I was there. So my assistant set up for me to have a meeting with a couple pastors. I met with Robert Jeffries, the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, while I was there. And also I met with Dr. Tony Evans, who pastors Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship Church, also in Dallas. It was a wonderful opportunity to spend some time in the office, offices of these pastors and learn from them. I was talking to Pastor Ken Griffiths about meeting with these pastors, and he said something to me. He said, Brother Benny, why don't you do for us what those pastors did for you? And I said, well, explain. And he said, well, at Rock Springs Church, your church there has literally grown from 30 to 3,000. And why don't you talk to pastors and Christian workers about how you've done it? And I said, Brother Ken, that's a wonderful, wonderful idea. And so, friends, that's why I have launched the Leeds Club. It's just a publication. It's just a CD that will periodically be mailed out to churches and pastors to help you get to the next level. Now, one of the things that we do at Rock Springs Church Years ago, people just walked down an aisle and told us that they wanted to join the church and they became a member of Rock Springs Church. But we noticed the quality of people that we were getting to become members of our church was not so high. So we started something. When a person walks down the aisle to become a part of Rock Springs Church, They don't become a member, but they become a candidate for membership. And they go through a four-week class before they become a member of our church. Because what we noticed, if we put a greater conditions 
and greater criteria on becoming a member. The quality of members that we received was greatly changed. It's a four-week class. Week number one, one of our pastors talks about the meaning of membership. Week number two, we talk about God's plan for the church. Week number three, we talk about the mission and the core beliefs of Rock Springs Church. And I want you to know, all three of those lessons, I'll be glad to share with you. All you have to do is get in touch with Rock Springs Church, and I'll be telling you how you can do that at the end of this taping. We'll be glad to get that material to you. But week four, I come in and I talk to the class about the vision of Rock Springs Church. The vision of Rock Springs Church. So what I want to do today to you, right there in your car, right there in your living room, wherever you're listening to this recording, I want to share with you what I share with the people as their prospective members of our church. I come in, as I say, the fourth week, and I talk to them about the vision of Rock Springs Church. Proverbs 29 and 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. What is vision? Vision is a clear mental picture of what could be, fueled by conviction that it should be. We'll never be any bigger than our vision. I tell our pastors, when it comes to vision, we've got to first see it clearly. As a leader, if you don't see the vision clearly, I want you to know it's very cloudy to the followers. You've got to see it clearly, and you've got to say it continually. Paul Youngie Cho, the former pastor of the largest church in the world, said that people have to hear something seven times before they hear it once. So we see it clearly. We say it continually. You remember the old commercial, kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. The vision has got to become kibbles and bits. And then we must show it creatively. Helen Keller was asked, is there anything worse than being born blind? She said, oh, yes, having sight but no vision. I remember when Walt Disney World was first open. Mr. Walt Disney had already passed, and Mrs. Walt Disney was to be the keynote speaker at the grand opening of Disney World. The person emceeing the event looked over that massive theme park, and in front of that large audience, he looked at Mrs. Disney and said, I wish Walt could have seen this. She responded by saying, he did. He did. Vision is so important. And right now at this status at Rock Springs Church, when I'm talking about vision, I could talk to you about the fact that we're launching a children's building that's going to cost between 4 and $5 million. I could talk to you about that. 
I could talk to you about the fact that here in just a short time, we'll start breaking ground for a football field that will double as a soccer field. I could talk to you about our vision for another campus. We actually are one church in four locations, but I could talk to you about the vision for our fifth campus. But I want you to know something. Your vision is never a facility. Your vision is never a building or a structure. Because always remember this, leaders. If your vision is a structure or a building, once that building is complete, the vision is over. Your vision always has to be people. Somebody said, well, you use people to accomplish your vision. No, 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 no. People are your vision. Your vision always has to be connected with people. You remember in the scripture, Joseph had the dream. And he said his dreams were other stalks were bowing down to his stalk, stalk of corn, I assume. But always remember this, a vision that's from God is always connected to the harvest. It's always connected to the harvest, and it's always about people. So as the pastor, my vision is about people. And this is my vision for you as people of Rock Springs Church. Number one, my vision for you is the great commandment. The great commandment. In Matthew chapter 22, there was a lawyer who asked Jesus. At that time, there had been 613 laws given. 248 of those were negative laws, or 248 of those were positive laws, and 365 of those were negative laws. There had been 613 laws given. And this law you're trying to trick Jesus basically said to Jesus, Jesus, what is the greatest law? And Jesus said, this is the law, that you love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. So when I look at vision for you, my vision for you is the great commandment that you love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Because John 14 and 21 says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And when we love God, there's a desire to keep his commandments. There's a desire to please him. You said, Brother Benny, you want people to love the pastor. You want people to love the church. You want people to love the ministries. More than anything else, I want people to love God. And more than anything else, I want you to love God. Because, see, this is what I've learned. Whatever you love will get some things. Number one, whatever you love will get your time. Whatever you love will get your time. There's a reason why in deer season, 
a guy can get up real early and put his orange on and go hunting. Because whatever you love, get your time. And what I've learned, if we can teach people to love God, God will get their time. But ladies and gentlemen, whatever you love, not only gets your time, but whatever you love, gets your talent. Whatever you love, gets your talent. You know, someone said, Pastor, what should I be doing for my church? Here's what you ought to be doing for your church. You ought to be doing for your church whatever you're good at. If you're good at it, that's what you ought to be doing for your church. You say, when a pastor, I've, I've got a passion to do it. Well, let me tell you something. Passion's wonderful. But just because you have a desire to do something, it doesn't necessarily mean you're good at it. Have you ever watched American Idol? Many of those people have a passion to sing. But the question I ask is, where are their friends? Somebody should be telling these people, you're not good at it. And ladies and gentlemen, people around you can let you know what you're really good at. And I'm convinced what you enjoy doing and what you're really good at is what you ought to be doing for your church. And I'd say don't build on your weaknesses, build on your strengths. So whatever you love, get your time. Whatever you love, get your talent. But whatever you love, get your testimony. Whatever you love, get your testimony. See, I am convinced that church growth, church growth does not take place on Sunday. You say, what do you mean? Church happens on Sunday. Church growth takes place Monday through Saturday. And it's not so much about something that's being taught, but it's about something that's been caught. When people are excited about God, they have a propensity, they have a tendency to talk about it. They have a tendency to share. It's kind of like when you're up, when you were somebody and they say, have, have you seen my new grandchild? And they're reaching for their phone or they're reaching for their wallet. They're reaching for the purse because they're excited and they want to show the pictures. They want to show the pictures of that new grandbaby. Well, in the same way, when we love God, God will get your time. When you love something, it gets your talent. When you love something, it gets your testimony. But when you love something, it gets your treasure. So you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. A few years ago, my daughter, Savannah Abigail, developed a love for the Atlanta Braves. That was back when the Braves were pretty good. Today, they're giving tickets away. But the Braves were a pretty good team, and I remember buying a 20-game package. 
I remember going to the ballpark and paying to park. I remember getting a, a, a soda and a popcorn and it costing 20 bucks. And what rode in my mind, why would I do this? This is not real smart. And then I realized, Savannah Abigail, my daughter, is the reason why I do this. It's out of love for her. I didn't necessarily want to be there. I didn't want to pay the money. But I want you to know something. Whatever you love, get your treasure. I love to tell the story, perhaps you've heard it, about the two men that were stranded on a deserted island. And one of them was just as calm as could be, and one of them was just hysterically nervous, real nervous. After about three days, the one that was so nervous asked the one that was so calm, how can you be so calm? He said, well, I'm a Christian. And not only am I a Christian, but I make $10,000 a week. And his friend said, get real. There's nothing out here but coconut trees. There's nothing out here but palm trees. It's a destitute place. It matters not that you make $10,000 a week. And then the man went on to say, you don't understand. I'm a Christian. I make $10,000 a week, and I'm a tither. My pastor will find me. Well, that's a funny story. But there is some truth in the fact that whatever we love gets our time. Whatever we love gets our talent. Whatever we love gets our testimony. Whatever we love gets our treasure. So what is my vision? My vision is the great commandment that you love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Secondly, my vision for you is the great commitment. And the great commitment is serving. Because the scripture says in Matthew 20 and 28, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. We believe in servant leadership. I want to serve you so you can serve others. No one is saved to see it. Pastor, let me tell you what your role is. Your role is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Your role is to develop servants. Because 1 Peter 4 and 10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I think we even miss it sometimes. We've, we've got this idea that one day we're going to get to heaven and we're just going to put our feet in the crystal river and just relax and enjoy heaven. But friend, if you read the Bible, it literally says in Revelation chapter 7, verse 15, that even in heaven we'll be serving around the throne of God. So it's the plan of God, not only for us to serve here, but we're even going to serve when we get to heaven. And let me tell you something. 
at Rock Springs Church, we have doctors that work in children's church. We have business people that serve in the nursery. We have people that are attorneys that serve in different aspects. It matters not because God has called each of us to serve. Truett Cathy, a few, well now almost a year ago, went home to be with the Lord, the great founder of Chick-fil-A. Truett Cathy, I used to get to come and speak at Rock Springs Church, and when I would call Truett and invite Truett to come and speak, he would always say, Benny, I'll be glad to come, but I can't come on Sunday morning. And the reason why I can't come on Sunday morning is I teach the fifth grade boys at my church. Truett understood that God's called all of us to be a servant. And I tell the people, if you're hunting a church to just sit and sing, I shall not be moved, this is not it. I'll be glad to recommend a church for you to go to where you can do nothing. But that's not what we're about. We're not going to sing standing on the promises if all we want to do is sit on the premises. God's called us to get off our seat, on our feet, into the street, serving people. I read a story one time that Bill Hybels shared in one of his books. Bill Hybels said he had a gentleman who was the president of a Fortune 500 company, corporate America in his church, but he served in children's church in Willow Creek Church. And Bill Hybels said that one day he was serving in children's church and this corporate America worker, high status, was reading Winnie Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, to a little three-year-old girl. And he finished reading Winnie the Pooh and that little girl said to him, read it again. And he read it again. And then she said, read it again. And he started reading it again. And about that time, he saw the mother coming around the corner. And she had tears in her eyes. And she said to that Fortune 500 corporate executive, you don't understand. You're the first man who's read to my daughter since her daddy died. And that corporate executive said these words. He said, in my work in corporate America, I have success. But through serving, I have significance. And there's something above success in life. It's called significance. And that only comes through serving others. So what is my vision for you as you become a part of Rock Springs Church? It's the great commandment that you love God with all of your heart, soul, and all of your mind. It's the great commitment that you're signing up to serve. We have all kind of ministries, whether it be prison, nursing home, music, 
all types, the potter's house, impact Christian ministries where we feed and clothe the homeless every day. We have Rock Springs Medical Clinic where we provide medical treatment for individuals and where we provide counseling and care. We have depression recovery. We have grief recovery. We have the 12-step program. We have Rock Springs Global Outreach where we do missions inside the United States and outside the United States on foreign fields. What I'm saying to you, we have a place for you to serve. The great commandment, the great commitment, but then lastly, the Great Commission. What's my vision for you? My vision for you is to simply share your story because nobody can share your story but you. What we teach at Rock Springs Church is lifestyle evangelism. When I started preaching the gospel 30 years ago, we would go door to door and we would invite people to church. But our culture has greatly changed. 30 years ago, when I started preaching the gospel, people built a home. They put a porch on it. They put swings and they put rocking chairs on the porch. Not anymore. They built a deck out back and they put a fence around it. Many times as I travel, my, home, my wife is home alone at night. Well, if two men pulled up at the house, knocked on the door at 7.30, it would startle her. I would recommend her not opening the door. So what we recommend is lifestyle evangelism. Here's a thought. Whether the, rather than just inviting somebody to church on a Tuesday night, why don't we invite people to church wherever we're at? Whether it's at the ball field, whether it's at the gym, whether it's at the Rotary Club, whether it's at the workplace, whether it's at the county fair, whether it's at the Friday night football game. Why don't we share faith and invite people right where we're at? We call it lifestyle evangelism. Now, in order to do that, I think there's three things that are paramount. The first thing is in order to really reach people, We've got to see people as God sees them. We've got to see people as God sees them. Zig Ziglar said, if you treat everybody as if they're hurting, you'll be treating 90% of the people correctly. Not long ago, I was in a hospice, and the thought hit me that this person, it was a hospice facility, the thought hit me that this person is dying. And then I realized something. Every person in here is dying. And then the thought grabbed my mind. Perhaps that's how God sees humanity. They're all dying. And that's how we should see humanity. As people are dying and they need a Savior and they need life. And Jesus is eternal life. See people as God sees them. Number two, build relationships. Build relationships. Oswald Sanders in his book, Spiritual Leadership, teaches us that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You build relationships with people. 
Before you can impact people, there must be some trust established. So I would encourage you to build those relationships. Number three, share your story. Share your story. You say, well, Brother Benny, there's no way I could share my story. Yes, you can. Let me give you, let me give you some easy steps to sharing your story. Number one, what was your life like before you met Jesus? What was your life like before you met Jesus? You say, well, Brother Benny, I don't have a crime to Christ testimony. Well, I believe the greater testimony is not a crime to Christ testimony. I believe it's a child of Christ testimony. See, in my life, God saved me out of sin. But a child, God was saved from sin. To me, it's the far greater testimony. But whatever your testimony is, what was your life like before you met Jesus? Number two, how did you realize you needed Jesus? What caused you to realize that you needed Jesus? Number three, how did you surrender your life to Jesus? What were the steps? Number four, how did Jesus change your life? How did he change your life? Friend, if you'll take those four simple steps, I will promise you, I will promise you, everyone can share their faith. Years ago, I was doing a conference, and a lady asked me a question. She said, your church has grown from 30 people to thousands. And this was the question she asked. She said, how do you, how do you build a big church? And I thought about that question. And this is how I responded. I said, sister, I didn't set out to build a big church. That's not my responsibility anyway. God said he would build his church. I set out to build people. And I have found that if our goal is to build people, God will build his church. So what is my vision? What is, I believe, what is God's vision? It's the great commandment that you love God with all of your heart. It's the great commitment that no one's called to sit, everyone's called to serve. It's the great commission that it's your responsibility to share your faith. I always end my part of the new members class by giving those inside the class an opportunity to ask any question they have any question they have because see this class is not only sometimes people are in this class that have already joined our church but sometimes it's just prospective people that are giving us a look and I let these people know how honored we would be to have them as a part of our church you know as I travel and 
I go to conferences. I want to end this today. I want to end this recording the way I'm going to end every recording. As I travel and go to conferences, many times what I'm looking for is one or two ideas, one or two new things that I can put into place. See, if you go to a conference and you get 25 new ideas, you hadn't been to many conferences. But if I can pick up just a thing or two, if I can just pick up one new ideal that I can maybe formulate and put into practice at Rock Springs Church, the conference has been worth my time, my travel, my expense. And I want to give you an idea that we have been doing at Rock Springs Church as I close for 26 years. I want to give you an idea to implement this year. Every year for 26 years at Rock Springs Church, we do a manger offering, a manger offering. And let me explain. About five weeks before in December, we do the manger offering. I sent a letter out to all the people of Rock Springs Church. And I explained to the people that first and foremost, this Christmas, we're celebrating Jesus' birthday. We're not celebrating my birthday or your birthday. Christmas is about Jesus' birthday. And I also explained that the wise men of old brought gifts to Jesus of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And I explained on a certain Sunday in December, we will have mangers. We just take wooden mangers that people in our church have made and we place them down front by the altar in front of the pulpit. And on the last, on the, a certain Sunday in December, I want you and your family to prayerfully pray about giving a gift to the manger offering. I always share in this letter that my family and I will be making a sacrificial gift because you don't teach what you don't know and you don't lead where you don't go. And we always choose a project. Through the 26 years, that project may be a church sign that we're trying to buy. It may be putting a steeple on the building. It may be to finish the fellowship hall. It may be to finish the balcony. It may be to pave the parking lot. But I always explain that this, this manger offering is going to go perhaps to purchase a new piano, perhaps to purchase new sound equipment, but always explain where the manger offering is going to go in that letter. And then for several weeks in the church, I'm announcing and having the people pray about their gift for the manger offering. Then the Sunday comes, and as the service concludes, I stand up and I read the Christmas story of the wise men bringing the gifts to Jesus. And then as the, as the musicians softly play Silent Night or some other Christmas song, I encourage the people to bring their gifts down to the manger. Now, we always start with the children children 
The children's church will come first. The children will walk down the aisle. It's a very moving experience to see the children bringing their change, bringing their dollars, and placing it in the manger. And then as the children conclude, I'll see families come. A husband and a wife may come down broken, realizing that that year God has been so good to them, broken, and they place an envelope in the manger because it's Jesus' birthday that we're celebrating. And friend, after the manger offerings received, the people are so excited the next service as we announce and celebrate the manger offering and all that God has done. If you and your congregation have never received a manger offering for Christmas, I want to encourage you to do this. Through my ministry here at Rock Springs Church, it's helped us to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for Christ and the kingdom. Now, I want to thank you so much for listening to this recording. And I want to say something. If you would like to continue, you would like to continue to be a part of this LEADS recording. As I say, LEADS stands for loving evangelism, assimilating, discipling, and serving. If you would like to continue to be a part of this LEADS recording at no cost to you, I want to encourage you to email us at brotherbenny at aol.com. You can reach me email through brotherbenny at aol.com. Or you can contact our church, Rock Springs Church at 770-229-8663. Or you can contact the Congregational Methodist Headquarters at 601-845-8787. Or you can use what has been referred to as snail mail. You can write us at Rock Springs Church, 219 Rock Springs Road, Milner, Georgia, 30257. Again, 219 Rock Springs Road, Milner, Georgia, 30257. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the very first Leeds Club recording. God bless you, and I wish you the best as you give your life to impact others. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for today's Leeds Club session. We hope you feel encouraged and empowered. If you would like more information or resources about leadership, be sure and check out our website at rockspringsonline.com slash leadership. Join us next time for more insights on leadership, personal growth, and encouragement. As you walk with God, we want to help you get to the next level.